When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And today, we're doing something a little bit different and fun we're doing the first of our NFL division previews. So what we're doing here is we're taking a fan of a team from a division, and they're going to serve as a substitute teacher helping us break down a preview of what kinds of grades the teams in each division will go. For example, today we're going to have the AFC South previewed by Big E from Houston. I guess I say Big E from Houston because he's a Houston sports fan. He's actually from a number of different places all across the Atlantic Ocean Without getting too much into that, he's going to help us break down each team in the AFC South, and we'll spend a little bit extra time with Houston Texans. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into our first division preview with Big E Houston. That's at Big E underscore Houston on Twitter. He helps us out when we break down the AFC South. All right, so we're joined here at FN Sports by Big E on Twitter. E, how we doing, bud? Great, great. I'm doing great. Very excited to be here. One of my favorite podcasts I listen to it like on the plane, on the way to the gym, just whenever I can. So it's very exciting to be here. <laughs> Thanks, E. E, you're a big Houston native or a Houston fan, I should say, but not a native. Tell us, A, where are you from? Where are you talking to us from today? And then B, how did you get tied up in Houston sports? Okay, well, first of all, I'm from Jordan. Uh, it's in the Middle East, right next to Lebanon and Saudi Arabia and Dubai. 
or the Emirates. And I'm talking from Jordan right now. I'm in my summer break, so I'm back home. But yeah, I got into the Texans and the Rockets pretty much because of my dad. He went to a university in Houston. And when I just got into like the NBA, my first game was actually the Mavericks versus the Spurs in like 2009, 2008. And then I went to my dad. I was like, okay, so I kind of want to get into this, but I don't know which team to start watching. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. You have, you have family in Houston. I went to Houston. So, you know, just start with the Rockets. So I, I found it funny how my first game was the other two Texas teams that isn't the Houston Rockets. Definitely, definitely. It It's funny because that's actually like, when I think of like the 2000s Rockets, like those are real rivalries. Like we did not like the Spurs. We did not like the Mavs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still don't like the Mavs. A lot of people do. I see it on Twitter, but I still don't like Mavs personally because one of my best friends is a Mavericks fan. So I just never hear the end of it right now. Every, every day he's sending me a clip of Luca, and now he's going to start talking about Christian Wood. So <laughs> it should be funny. It should be funny heading into next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably do a whole podcast on Christian Wood, but today you join us to talk about the AFC South and the Houston Texans, the other side of that fanship. Um, if you joined on the Houston Texans bandwagon in uh, not band, in like 2008-9 area, it's kind of been a rocky go of it, huh? I actually joined, like I started watching NFL in 2011, I want to say 2012. So, yeah, but even, like, if you joined the Texans in 2018, it's been a rocky ride. <laughs> if you joined us two years ago, it's also been a rocky ride. So it's just, at this point, I'm used to it, you know. Every two seasons, we're going to get some news that's going to put us down, and then we're going to come back up. But hopefully now, with Stingley, Mills, and just all the talent that we have, it's finally time to just keep going up. Completely, completely. All right, today we're going to go across and give a, a preview of a grade that we think we could assign to each of the AFC South teams um, as a fan of the Houston Texans. I'm going to lean on you a lot to help me out with some expertise here. And I was just going to work from last year's standings, top to bottom. First, I want to ask what grade do you think the Tennessee Titans will earn this year? And then I want to hear why. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think they're going to finish with like a C plus B minus grade. That might be a little bit too much even, but it's because, you know, they drafted uh, Traylon Burks in the first round, which is a great, great receiver, in my opinion. I had him as my receiver five pre-draft. So he's like a combo of Josh Gordon, like a very, very early Josh Gordon version. But I've, I've been hearing like he's having trouble with his asthma and stuff. So I hope like everything's okay with him because he's a very talented player. And my, my other point would be that Derrick Henry is just like a wild card right now because... If they're going to give him 40 touches a game again, he's probably going get to in, get injured again, and that's going to you know, derail the season for them. So there's a lot of what-ifs and what they have to do, but if they do everything correctly, like they can compete. Maybe not compete for a Super Bowl, but definitely compete for like the AFC Championship, almost reach that AFC Championship game. So let's talk about, you mentioned Derrick Henry, and obviously King Henry is like the face of the franchise more or less since he got there in 2016 he turns 29 this season which is uh you know as someone who's older than that <laughs> feels kind of young but also that is relatively old for an nfl running back 
Um, he certainly is old for an NFL running back when you factor in that he has led the league in rushes twice, uh, including 378 in the 2020 season. That, that's the 2,000-yard season, right? Um, as I look at this, he, he only got to play in eight games last season. What are you thinking of him to start? I mean, obviously, like the wear and tear at the end of the season will be a big deal. At the start of the season, what are your concerns about King Henry? I mean, I don't really have any concerns regarding like when it starts because he's probably just going to start off strong and hot as he usually does. They're going to give him 30, you know, 35 touches and he's just going to go off. So like if we're talking for fantasy reasons, I still think he could be drafted definitely because he kickstart your season very well and he'd be in a great place to kick off the season. But it's just, as you said, he's 29, which is like 52 in QB age. So... <laughs> It's he's pretty old right now if you compare him to a quarterback age. But um yeah, if if like the key they keep using him that high and his usage is that high, I feel like the wear and tear will just keep going and going and going. And then you know, you mentioned QB age. Uh, when most teams don't lean on a running back like Derrick Henry, they lean on their quarterback. In Tennessee, they flip that because their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think any team feels super comfortable leaning on him all the time. If Derrick Henry has to miss a few games, if they need to hand him the ball less to make his season more even keel, they have to lean on Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden. You don't seem too high on him if you're giving them a C-plus, B-minus grade. Uh, talk to us through what you're looking at out of Ryan Tannehill this year. I mean, first of all, there's like last season, I was pretty high on Ryan Tannehill. I even drafted him in my fantasy league. And it just all went downhill. So there's that a little bit of like a personal bias, personal agenda, I guess. But it's it's also that, you know, when they drafted Malik Willis, and they were asking him to like be the mentor to him kind of. And he just kind of apparently declined or he told him like, I'm not going to work on the guy replacing me or something like that. I'm not sure. But that's like a trait that a QB shouldn't have. A QB should be a leader who's just willing to help whoever needs it because your job on the field is to help your offensive players, just to give them the ball and get them going. So if off the field you're, you're coming into the season with that mentality that you're going to be replaced, is like it's going to be a bad sign for the Titans to start the season. Yeah, I think that's all very fair. It's interesting. So Tannehill is 34. Um, I think in previous generations of quarterbacks, that would feel really old. We see some guys playing into the late 30s, and obviously Brady just turned 45 the other day. So it doesn't feel quite as old. But Malik Willis is 23. Um, they drafted him relatively early. Very different type of quarterback. Um, I, I do point out several times that Tannehill did play some receiver in college. So it, it, not a completely different guy. Do you see them ever actually handing the reins over? Or is that relationship so severed that it'll be hard to actually get that done this year? No, I feel like Mike, Mike Vrabel is definitely the type of coach that just does what's best for the team or like what gets them the most wins. And if Malik Willis impresses in training camp and in preseason, he's definitely going to get a lot of snaps. So if he's impressive enough, I can see them just making that switch. But like he, there's a lot of pre-draft concerns about Willis was that, you know, he, he, he wouldn't read the playbook well and a complex playbook would be a problem for him. So I'm not sure how that's going to transition into the NFL, but if they do give the, the, the reins to Malik Willis this season, which I doubt personally, but if they do, it's definitely going to be an interesting watch in my opinion because he can either just come in and start throwing dimes to Traylon Burks 
or he can just come in and throw like three interceptions and then Ryan Tannehill comes back in. So he's definitely a 50-50 quarterback. Yeah, and I wonder if there's some uh, duality of packages where you have like special sets where you want Malik Willis on the field. I don't know if there's ever a situation where they're both on the field, um, but I, I, I'm intrigued by where this Ryan Tannehill, I don't want to mentor that guy, roller coaster goes because that's just like you said that's just a weird thing to hear from a quarterback in general much less from a guy that's kind of in at least the second half of if not the last chunk of his career um as we wrap up the tennessee titans you said c plus b minus you said they could get as high as maybe an afc title game or like being able to play in it i guess where where do you see them realist like where's their even keel finish are you thinking like nine and eight are you thinking like 12 and five like where are you thinking they finish on the season well i think they go nine and eight or maybe ten and seven depending on like how the qb play is and everything uh but i don't think they're going to win the division i think the colts are going to win it this year which is going to be our next team because of we're basically on last year's standing so yeah but i think the colts are actually going to win the division this year so i feel like a nine and eight prediction ten and seven is good enough and like after all this talking, I'm gonna actually take down the grade to C minus, not even for C plus. Take it down C minus. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> no, that's the life of a teacher. You've read an essay once or twice, trying to read through and put some comments on it. Like, you know what? I was too high on this to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that does cue us up to move into the Indianapolis Colts. Last season, the Colts finished second in the division. They are on their third quarterback in three years. We'll get more into specifics in a second. What grade are you going to give the Colts this year, E? Um, personally, I feel like I'm going to give them a B plus, maybe B, just because you're going to your third quarterback again. So it's another change of quarterback. But the defense is very talented, and I'm pretty sure they got Stephon Gilmore, so one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And they have Ngaku, too. I don't know how to say his name. Yannick Ngaku, Gakwe. Uh, so the defense should be good. And I, I can see them like making a push in the playoffs, but I feel like the AFC right now is just too stacked. Like if you look at the Raiders division, you have the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. And I feel like all of them could easily make it to the Super Bowl if things go right for them. So the AFC is very tough right now which is a perfect time to tank. So if you're a Texans fan, you should be happy right now. But yeah, the Colts, as long as they have like good defense and they have Michael Pittman too, so they could be a good team and a fun team to watch this season. So let's sit on the quarterback because there's a lot of things talked about with the Colts. It feels like they went from, I guess they technically went from Andrew Luck, Houston native, to then – Philip Rivers, then Carson Wentz, and now we're looking at Matt Ryan. Um, for the folks keeping stats at home, I guess they also have Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, as his backup. Um, and then Sam Ellinger is going to kind of be a third option. He's on the roster and being paid. Uh, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, that great Atlanta Falcons run, they got to the Super Bowl, obviously lost in an embarrassing, like, ended up being embarrassing fashion. Are we looking at you mentioned a good defense and you think they can win the division or win this division this year. Is Matty Ice going to have some sort of a career revival or, or are you thinking the defense carry? How do you see that playing out? I mean, before like the season, before training camp, I was actually saying that Matty Ice isn't really going to scare anyone if you're like in the NFL. But the more I look at it, the more I read about it, he could have that revival that he needs. 
especially with the talent they have. Like they have Pittman, who's definitely going to have a breakout year this season. I feel like if there's anyone that's going to have a breakout year in the AFC South, it's definitely going to be Pittman. So, yeah, the offense, if it plays well and runs on all cylinders with the defense playing well, it could be very, very interesting to watch. So you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, their, their defense does look pretty stacked across the board. Um, you know, I, I hope we get the same kind of play out of Stefan Gilmore. We had 32, we mentioned 29 for running backs. Really. 32 is kind of feeling similar for a DB, but also he was fairly like generationally talented. So maybe he bypasses all of that. Um, I, I want to ask you about the, the running game. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, if this were a fantasy podcast, we'd be talking a lot about Jonathan Taylor. He's like a lot of people's first round, first pick. Um, at just 23 years old, he's on the other end of that scale, as we talked about with Derrick Henry. Is Jonathan Taylor going to have a big year? You mentioned Matt Ryan, a surprise a lot of people at camp. He looks younger, people are saying. Or is this going to be the defense? Is Jonathan Taylor just someone that fantasy guys should be listening to? Or is he going to have a real football impact? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Jonathan Taylor has pretty much starting to establish himself as one of the best running backs in the league if he hasn't already done that. So, like, if he has a breakout year, it's going to be even better than what he had last season. So, he's definitely up there. He's younger than Henry, but he's in the same conversation as Henry, which... Is pretty impressive. 23 in the same conversation with who people consider the best running back in the league. So he's definitely going to be an interesting watch. Uh, I heard that he's going to improve on his catching game too. So uh, some check downs from Matt Ryan. He loves throwing them every now and then. So it's going to be fun to watch him just catch a couple passes, maybe run a lot of screens with him too. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch him as well break out. Yeah, I think that you mentioned like the duality of their relationship, like Matt Ryan will help out the box for Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor will then be running on lighter boxes if Matt Ryan's having good game. Like those things, I think, will work really well together. And I think I'm excited about watching them from a like, I think they'll score some points this year standpoint. I think they will be fairly good. Um, I I'm like you mentioned at this at the top of the Colts conversation. I don't know if they win the AFC because the AFC is just stacked, but they certainly feel like they're pretty set to win this division. I know there's one team you want to win the division, though, although you mentioned tanking. So maybe I'm off base there. Um, your Houston Texans are sitting here at third in last year's standings. Um, I thought they had a pretty good draft. They also obviously got the big haul back in the Deshaun Watson mess. Um, we can talk some about Davis Mills, but before we get into all that, what is your grade or what do you predict the grade will be on the Houston Texans this year? Okay, so like I don't know if this has been done before, but I feel like it's going to be a situational grade for the Texans, if that makes sense. So if, if we don't improve on anything, the rookies don't show much potential and Davis Mills kind of just does nothing impressive, I can just see them getting a D, a D plus maximum but it's because it's my team too so i'm gonna be more critical of course so maybe that's a bit too harsh but if we go like improve show signs of potential stingley has a good rookie year uh davis mills keeps showing us that he can be qb1 in this team we don't need to draft a qb next year so if that keeps happening as well i can give them an a and a minus just as long as you're improving and if you're a bad team and you're showing signs of improvements that that's all it takes for me so Let's jump into that because Davis Mills, I don't, and correct me if I'm wrong, E, I don't remember people thinking when they picked him 
that, oh, yeah, he could definitely be a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans long term. He was a third round pick. Um, they were very much an organization in flux. He surprised a lot of people last season. And I think people are, like have the same question you do. Can he be a long term starter for the Texans? And so I want to hear your take after watching his rookie season going into a second year. Do you think he can be a long term starter for the Houston Texans? Yeah, uh, touching on the first thing is that when he was drafted, we we had Watson too, and like there was that whole situation. It was like if they were trading Watson, they could probably get a good QB in return or something like that if they wanted to. So not a lot of people expected that to happen. Like personally, when I when they took him, I was like, okay, so who's the, who's this? Can we just like tank another season and draft Bryce Young, CJ Stroud if we have to? But I'm not mad at all that he, that he's proven me wrong and he's proven a lot of people wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at it. If he takes that leap again this year, which he has the ability to do so, and according to camp, he's been doing very well. Even though today, like as we're recording this, he's been pretty bad at camp. He he's underthrown a lot of a lot of balls to receivers, and he's just been getting like not picked off. He's he got sacked twice, from what I heard. So, yeah, he's had a bad day today, but. One bad day, you know, doesn't define the QB or doesn't define anyone personally. So he could definitely take that leap next year if he just focuses on the offense too. Definitely. I, I think what's interesting is that, like, you mentioned – so if the Texans, like, win one or two games and that's it for some reason this year, they will likely draft his replacement. The top of next year's draft is Bryce Young. It's C.J. Stroud. There's also this kid at Kentucky, Will Levi. Like, all of a sudden you're looking at like he kind of controls in a weird way, whether or not he gets replaced. Like if he balls out and they win six or seven games, while that's not a bunch of wins on the win column, that's a proving he can do it and B kind of takes them away from replacing him. Um, It's an interesting spot to be in. What is it about Davis Mills that makes you think he actually could pull that off? I mean, it's just like he's he's composed when he has to be is what I've noticed. So when he has to be composed, he's composed and he has the ball, you know, and he, he knows what to do with it. And then I feel like when we have to play catch up, he's he's ready. You know, he's ready to just play catch up, throw, just make the first read immediately. And yeah, he also got we got Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator now, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what plays he runs for Mills. And it's exactly like you said, it's it's the ball is pretty much in his court. If you come out, you show us that you're QB1, you're ready to go, then there you go. You're starting for the Texans for the next two, three years at least. But if you come out and you don't show anything special, then you're going to go back to being, you know, the second QB because there's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud who have shown a lot of potential already. Definitely. They didn't opt, I mean, in two of their first three picks, I guess, last NFL draft, they actually drafted on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't actually know if that's like a blessing for Davis Mills. They feel like he's got it set. We got to go fix the defense now. Or if that's like, hey, we're not going to give you any weapons and we'll wait till we get a new quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I will say, though, I would assume they're going to have a better defense in this uh, this upcoming fall than they did last year. I like the Stingley pick a lot. I think you and I talked a little bit on Twitter at one point. Like, I like the Stingley pick a lot. What did you notice out about their defensive minded draft? What guys are you looking forward to? I mean, yeah, first of all, it's, I feel like it's be, it shows the communication between the general manager and the coaches. So Lovie Smith is the new coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. And he was there in the draft war room with them as the picks were happening. So 
it's good to see that communication from the GM to the coaching staff because the other pick, the one that isn't defensive in the top three, was actually a need for not just the, the offensive coordinator, it was actually a need for one of our players too. <clears throat> Sorry. You have Titus Howard, who, who's been playing guard last season, but his position is tackle and is much better at tackle. So they went ahead and drafted the left guard and said, you know what, Titus, go back to your position. Here we go. We got a new player for to, to fill in that position. But yeah, back to the main point. I just kind of went on a little tangent there. Is that, uh, yeah, Stingley is going to be exciting. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Christian Harris, uh, the linebacker out of Alabama. He's, he's going to be impressive. And of course, Jalen Petrie, the hometown boy, they, they did an interview with his family after he was drafted and they had Texans season ticket flag in their garage. So <laughs> I think, you know, if your families are a Texans fan, you're a Texans fan, you got drafted by the Texans. If he does good, then he just, I can see him just staying here for his whole career and just being an amazing player to watch. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would agree with all of those things. And then I think the third round pick Christian Harris is a guy that like Texans fans, if they're not big draft people or big college football people, they'll know his name by like the third game. He gets a lot of tackles each game. Obviously linebackers kind of lend to that in the college game, but I I think he will be of an immediate feel or an immediate impact kind of guy. He's not like the guy has a crazy combine. That's probably why he fell to the third round. He was just a really good football player on a really talented Alabama defense. And I, you know, six, two, two He's not undersized. He's just not a combine freak. Like some Alabama defenders are. Um, you mentioned that war room and you mentioned like who's in charge of the Houston Texans. That room has had a lot of turnover in the last couple of years. Lovey Smith being the biggest name going into the next season. Now Lovey Smith had success with the bears once, but well, you know, I guess way back in the gap, as you look at Lovey Smith, what are you expecting to see out of a Lovey Smith style Houston Texans this fall? I mean, personally, I'm I'm really, really loving it. I'm really loving Lovey pretty much. So yeah, it's it's nice to it's nice to have like a coach that has a plan in his mind, at least, especially after last season with Cully, who I just felt like didn't know what he was doing. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He's he's been in the NFL for 20 years, even more, but just the way everything was run, you know, he'd call a timeout when he didn't have to call a timeout. He'd call a random play when, you know, it was a pretty basic, like, for example, a third and one, you'd see him on a random DPR pass that wouldn't work, for example. So it's it's nice to finally see that the Texans are starting to have some sort of plan in motion or some sort of sense of direction. Because even before David Cully with Bill O'Brien, he was just kind of there. <laughs> By the end of his career, like tenor with the Texans, he was just, kind of there doing his thing so yeah it's nice to see that this team finally has a plan in motion and it's like I just imagine now that they finally got a whiteboard and it's just like okay we really should have gotten a whiteboard like five years ago but we got it now so what are we doing for the next five years what's the plan they finally got a whiteboard it's pretty funny visual like that they've had this fantastic facility with no whiteboards in it before you can walk in the players would walk in grab a water bottle and leave like we don't know what we're doing it's like wait maybe a whiteboard would be a good investment right now <laughs> um again lovey smith he was nfl coach of the year in 2005 had a very successful run with the bears i guess people were a little disappointed he had like a, a short stint with the buccaneers um and his Illinois college days, I guess, you know, some people say it doesn't really carry over. Some people say it does. I don't, I don't know. He, he's a very defensive minded coach. 
I think getting, again, two of the first two draft picks were defensive players. I think that there's a chance that this thing works out. We mentioned that we both think the Colts, I think, are very tough to beat in this division. But it there is a weird world where it feels like, you know, Lovey sits here for a long term. And if Davis Mills is a long-term quarterback and Lovey Smith's a long-term coach, you know, you're looking at a much different team in 2025, 2026. And football does turn around like that fairly quickly. Um, one team that I think was hoping to turn this around a year ago and is, you know, was right back at the bottom of the standings were the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so before we get into too many Urban Meyer or Jacksonville Jaguars jokes, E, I want to hear what your grade is or what you predict the grade will be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, a part of me just wants to say F because I really don't like Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> But I'm going to be unbiased and objective here. And I say, like, they can, they can be, they can get a B plus, a B, just because, you know, they got Christian Kirk and they kind of ruined the receiver market with that contract. They gave him 84 million, so just messed with the receiver market. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence, all he has to do is play better than he did last season, which isn't going to be really hard for him because he's a very talented quarterback. I've watched, like, I've watched him at Clemson and, you know, Last season, I think it was just like the first year, you know, rookie goosebumps, I guess they're called the rookie jitters. So he didn't know what to do. But I feel like he has to improve this season and it's going to be better for them. Yeah, I think so. Let's stick on Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he was the top pick in the 2020, I guess that was the 2020, 2021 draft for the 2021 season. And he showed him through a bunch of picks, um, which is not unheard of for a rookie quarterback at all. You hit it right in the head. Frankly, it's a very fast game compared to even the highest levels of college football. I, he, I have down here 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. That's not necessarily the greatest ratio. Um, you seem to have faith, though, after watching his Clemson days that he could improve on that. Like adding Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, they, they could have a better offensive year this year anyway. Yeah, Christian, Christian Kirk is an impressive case because you know, he's, the, he's like the third receiver in, in Arizona. And now he's, he's in Jacksonville and they're like, okay, so we want you to compete for receiver one minutes. And I, I say that as if it's like an NBA terms, but it's like, we want you to compete for the receiver one spot. So he can have a breakout year with Trevor Lawrence and they can form that like connection, that chemistry. And it's, it would be pretty fun to watch. You know, you have also Evan Ingram, which you mentioned is, He's a great player. He's always had issues, though. His hands, like, he has butter hands, butter fingers, pretty much. Drops the ball a lot. But if that improves, like, maybe just a change of scenery would change, like, his mentality and just going forward. So it could definitely be a fun team to watch. I I wonder if the – and I, I've said his name before. So I, I wonder if Zay Jones really benefits from the coverage Kristen Kirk gets. Um, Evan Ingram is like a consistent starting tight end, right? He, he had ups and down, it seems like play to play in, in New York, but he will be on the field a lot and demand some coverage. And I, I just think this isn't a fantasy show, but I think that Zay Jones actually may end up getting some benefit there. We saw Zay as a third option in Oakland and, and how he's benefited across. He was in Buffalo for a while. Um, one guy we haven't touched on was a big, a, a top tier prospect a year ago, Travis Etienne had the injury, missed the season. Are you looking for a bounce back kind of year? He seemed to be kind of like a Swiss army knife of sorts. Are you at all excited to watch him play this year? Are you, are, are you excited as a Texans fan? Cause you don't think much going to happen there or excited to watch him play more as a football thing. So he could have a good year. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this isn't a fantasy podcast, but like this is the guy that all the fantasy people are talking about right now, Travis Etienne. He played with Lawrence and Clemson. And, you know, just like you said, the Swiss Army knife of running backs right now is just how he recovers. If he recovered very well from that injury, he's definitely going to be someone to watch. And just like they have a lot of players that are what ifs, you know, they have like the question mark above their heads. But if the questions like get answered correctly for them, they're going to be very fun to watch heading into like three, three years, maybe two, three years, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, again, not that college game translate directly. Trevor Lawrence can tell you that himself. But Etienne had Etienne had 900 yards rushing and almost 600 yards receiving in the same season. And they only played 12 games in college. Right. Like theoretically, he could be a dual threat type of back if he's healthy, if the game allows him to. And frankly, to use a running back like that, you kind of have to be competitively in the game. And so we'll see. Did you watch them in the Hall of Fame game at all? I know you were on vacation at the time, so maybe you weren't. But the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason, preseason game of the year, did you watch them at all? No, I, I didn't watch the preseason, the, the Hall of Fame game. But I did watch like some highlights. I saw that Trevon, Trevon Walker had a great play where he just kind of pushed the, the linemen aside. And he's like, just get out of my way real quick. And he just went for the quarterback. So... Trevon Walker is definitely going to be like another player with a question on his head, with a question mark on his head. Definitely. Again, I know it's preseason football, so, you know, people take from that what they will, but it's the first shot we had to look at some of these guys. Um, Last couple things as we wrap this up, if we were to do like a class rank here and go through, you think the Colts win the division. How do you see the rest of the division shaking out? I I think it's pretty much similar to last year. You just swap the Titans with the Colts. It's going to be, Colts, the first team. Second team would be the Titans. Texans would be the third team. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars would be the fourth team. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Texans finished last in the division this season. Just because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is pretty much going to take a leap. Uh, Travis Etienne is is coming back. They have, you know, Christian Kirk, who's going to be competing now. So he's going to be competitive. He wants that receiver one spot. So... He wants to show the Arizona Cardinals that they missed out on something special too. Definitely. And if we look at this, this is an off book question. So feel free to be like, I don't know yet. Would you imagine that obviously Davis Mills would be a little easier to stomach replacing, but if one of these teams gets like only one or two wins in the season, there's a handful of quarterbacks at the top two. You mentioned that you think the Jaguars may finish at the bottom. There's no way they move on from Trevor Lawrence next year, right? They're not going to draft a quarterback for the top of the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, they do fully believe in Lawrence, and I doubt even if they finish bottom of the division, because like they won't replace him because there's the Jackson Smith and Jigba, the good receiver coming out of uh, OSU. He's coming, he's coming out, and he's like, you know, he has that receiver one potential, that alpha receiver potential. So, if the Jaguars do finish last and get a good pick, I feel like they can take him. They can also take Will Anderson and just pair him up with Trevon Walker. And, you know, that would be a defensive line to just not mess with pretty much. So I really think the Jaguars and the Texans wouldn't really be mad at a losing season or like a very bad season just because the draft coming up is pretty stacked. Definitely, especially with offensive skill positions at the top. Um, I I think I know the answer to this question based on stuff you've said so far. But would you think this is a team, a division that could have two playoff teams, both a division winner and a, and a wild card? Or are those wild cards going to go to more like AFC West, AFC North type of teams? 
yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel like if everything goes right for the Titans, then they can make make it to the wild card. Just you have to manage Derrick Henry well, because you're relying again on a running back that's 29. He had a major injury last season, and usually, like running backs, when they have a major injury, it's pretty much done. But Derrick Henry has shown us that he's not really human. <laughs> the pictures that come out from training camp, you know, he looks very healthy, very big. So if they manage it well and, you know, they don't get hit with an injury bug, especially Derrick Henry, they can definitely make it to the wild card. E, uh, you're at Big E underscore Houston. You work with Clutch City ENT. Tell people where can they find your stuff? What are you working on these days? I, I know you're, I guess, just getting off a of vacation, but what kind of things are you involved in? Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much, that's it. Big E underscore Houston at Twitter. And I'm working with Clutch City Entertainment. We're doing, we have a lot of Texans content coming up, a lot of Rockets content. You know, just right now, there's, it's the off season, so not much to talk about, but just going to keep, uh, keep going and just making content. Uh, I just got back yesterday from vacation, so... I haven't pulled up any stat sheets to find random stats that I usually find. But yeah, definitely like in two, three days, I'll be back to posting random stats and just posting whatever I can find to like push my agenda pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Pushing the agenda. If you're looking for Houston centric stats, go find at big E underscore Houston. It's always pushing agendas as he points out, but it's a ton of fun. Thank you for coming on baby. Hey, no, thank you for having me on. It's, it's, it's great to like just be on a podcast that you listen to all the time. And, you know, just hit me up. So, so you want to be on the podcast that you're always listening to? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> definitely want to be on this podcast. So, yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beers between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. All right, so that's it for the AFC South. Do you feel like you have a better idea of what's going to happen in the division? Shouts to Big E. That's Again, that's at Big E underscore Houston on Twitter for helping us out today with dishing out some previews or some grades, I should say. You can find this show on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. It's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number 2, all one word. Uh, on both of those social media handles, you'll be able to go to the link tree in the bio and access all of our different episodes, all of our sponsors, 
and our merch store. So the merch store will take you to a bunch of t-shirts, caps, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, whatever you need. And all of the proceeds go to various charitable causes. So make sure you check out what you're looking at there and buy something to help support someone great and support the show at the same time. You can find those again at the link tree in the bio for our social media handles. Speaking of social media handles, our Twitter is quickly approaching 10,000 followers and we're doing a bunch of gift card giveaways from our sponsors when we hit 10,000 followers on Twitter. Make sure you go to check out our Twitter hit follow and when we hit 10,000 followers we're going to put out an episode within 24 hours that episode will have instructions on how you can win a gift card to either yeti or in the clutch.com or the beard struggle or any of our various people that help us out if you're looking for me on social media i'm at painsworth 512 that's p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h 512 on instagram and twitter on twitter putting out all the stuff i'm writing recording all those kinds of things, my losses on sneakers, uh, various Texas Longhorn takes, Houston Rockets takes, Dallas Cowboy takes, whatever the day may bring. So make sure you go check that stuff out on Twitter as well. It's at Painsworth512. If you want to support the show for free, make sure you like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, give us a little bit of a good review, do all the wonderful things to help with the podcast, and whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.